Modern science has finally tied together the way in which getting leaner and improving longevity and health supplements might make getting to both easier. With me now with some answers is a real doctor who treats real patients and has developed several all-natural remedies to fight the effects of aging, enhance your memory, and even give a much-needed boost to your energy levels. With us to tell us about these cutting-edge formulas is Dr. Dave himself. Dr. Dave Wernerowski. Uh, Dr. Dave Wernerowski, also known as Dr. Dave. Thank you. <laughs> Dr. Dave. Dr. Dave Unleashed. Disclaimer, we have to be very, very careful about what we say. You alone, the listener, must assume all liability and responsibility for use, misuse, or disuse of this information, non-use of this information. None of the information here is for anything but entertainment and educational purposes. It is not meant to treat, mitigate, diagnose, or in any way affect any disease. Greetings, everybody. David Avocado Wolf here with the latest installment of the Immunity Summit, and I've got a fantastic guest for us today. We're going to get into a really important area of nutrition and health and immunity because they're all connected. This idea of fractionating everything, which we've been seeing repeatedly over and over again in our society, where we have specialists going deep into areas that are really important over here, but they can't connect it over here, is something that you will not be hearing about today. We're going to be integrating it all together in a real health message. And I've got my friend, Dr. Dave Wojnarowski, joining us. Dr. Dave, you can see Dr. Dave over there. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Uh, best day ever. No place I'd rather be than here with you right now and your beautiful people that are listening and uh, ready to rock and roll. Open up the encyclopedias of Dave and Dave. So this, this is a Dave and Dave presentation. DW and DW, the Wolf Pack. Whoa, ready. yeah. Yeah, and the ready. Iceland Pack. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Dave, have you seen our new movie? We got a new movie out, The 1111 Iceland? No, no. I, I, I'm way behind the curve. You, you know, it's funny because this, people ask me, how, how does this whole COVID thing, uh, I'm socially isolated anyway by nature. I mean, I, I'm so freaking focused on my thing that I, I lose everything, but I, I'll definitely check it out if you send me the link. Because uh, your stuff is always fascinating to me. And it's funny because you and I, whenever we talk, we, we start out with an agenda. The agenda goes out the window, and we always go someplace amazing. So, uh, <laughs> totally. I don't, try to, I don't even try to like you know. There's no plan here. This is just, just let let the encyclopedias of Dave and Dave roll. So, this is a DW squared presentation, everybody. And uh, I do want to get into this man's specialty. DW on the other side over there is a. He's probably reviewed at least. 7,000 peer-reviewed entries on docohexanoic acid or DHA, otherwise known as the most important omega-3 fatty acid of them all. Maybe we should start there, Dr. Dave. What do you think? Uh, it's a great place to start because um, people don't really realize this. Um, you know, this is the immunity summit. And, you know, like you said, to begin with, David, uh, you were talking about what, you know, Medical terminology always has its own words for everything, but what you were talking about is the integration of different systems and disciplines is what we call systems biology. And um, it's a very interesting thing because it kind of failed. And the reason it failed was because people just can't, 
you need so much data to understand how these systems interact. You've got to be an expert in like 10 things. But if I were to put my finger on one system that you, we could all focus on, it would be the immune system. Repairability, longevity, viral immunity, bacterial immunity, and, and just uh, this whole, it, it governs pretty much everything. You have a heart attack, you want your heart to repair, that's your immune system. You get COVID, you want to repair, that's your immune system. You're stressed out and you don't want to get sick, that's your immune system. So um, where does DHA and EPA, uh, you know, the, the, the two main marine fatty lipids come in? Well, I think they are the ultimate arbiter of inflammation in your body. So as a background for the audience, you and I have been around a while, and it is a quote-unquote natural progression for a bunch of things that we associate with aging to happen. And one of them is the slow but sure onset of what I call and what is also called immunosenescence. And that means your immune system is sitting in a rocking chair and not doing its job. The other thing is called inflammaging. And if you want to know why older people die of COVID, it's because of immunosenescence and inflammaging. So, um, you know, docosohexanoic acid for the brain, EPA for the body, these are the ultimate, ultimate governors, arbiters of inflammation in your body. There are, there's no more important single thing you can take, not curcumin, not vitamin D, not shilajit, not a, all those things are great, don't get me wrong. But if you want to, you want the governor. You want the thing that controls at the top of the pathway and goes all the way to the bottom. It is the omega-3 fatty acids. So you're spot on with that. Spot you know, this is, some, this is something interesting. I was talking to Dr. Judy Mikovits, you know, who's gotten all this press from her 25-minute um, film, Plandemic, which has been viewed by – it's been estimated to have been viewed a billion times. That's how far and wide that went. And when we got into this connection of viruses in the nervous system, right – People get nervous, all of a sudden the herpes pops out, things like that. She, she brought up this wonderful thing about the endocannabinoid system, that, the, that if you had CBD there, that's going to that's gonna basically act as a suppressor to those viruses as, mm -hmm. they, as they connect with the immune system or the nervous system. And I wanted to ask you about the nervous system and DHA and DHA and the endocannabinoid system. Hmm. Well, I, I, I have a sneaky hunch you already know the answer, David. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if, if you want um, baby food for your endocannabinoid system, CBDs are great and so are omega-3s. Omega-3s are intimately connected, as you know, with the endocannabinoid system. If you raise your, your uh, docosahexanoic acid. So uh, the endocannabinoid system is not limited to the central nervous system, but it's where we see the most benefit and the most effect. And what you said about, you know, anxiety and stress and those kinds of things. And um, basically what that does is it affects something called the T helper suppressor ratio. So one of the, one of the concepts of health, if you really want health is, is really um, related to another H word and that's called homeostasis. So we want to keep things in a homeostatic level. So, is stress bad for you? Stress is bad for you if it throws you out of homeostasis. If you're stressed and you use it as a positive thing, right now I'm extending my yoga deck. You know, this, I deal with stress in this way. I mentioned to you the Canadian death race, okay? 2008, my first Canadian death race, was dealing with an emotional trauma that I had, that I had dealt with. And, you know, you turn uh, lemons into lemonade. 
that's a positive response. But if it freaks you out and affects your T helper suppressor ratio, knocks your immune system off, now you're out of homeostasis, you're going to get sick. Um, and so this is, uh, again, we're, we're already at the crux of everything. Homeostasis of the immune system, the right balance, uh, and whether it's lifestyles, whether it's uh, the, the mushrooms, whether it's uh, CBDs or uh, DHA, my, I do them all, you do them all. We do them all because uh, we understand that um, the better we take, uh, there, there's what's defined by doctors, typical doctors as, oh, you're in good health, and then somebody dies two years later. And then there's optimal health. Both of us want optimal health. So it's okay if our immune systems are cranked up a little bit higher and can deal with stress a little bit more. You live a stressful life. I live a somewhat, we, we self-impose stress. And then of course there's the rest of the world. So uh, that's the, that's the key though. And so uh, with, with the uh, uh, endocannabinoid system, you've got to have DHEA present, especially for the CNS. Um, it's, it's a facilitator of the endocannabinoid system. It's, intimately related even biochemically you start looking at the chemical composition of dha and endocannabinoids you can see the molecular similarities between those those compounds um you know so um did that answer the question adequately or do we it's well i mean that's such an important point that people don't get that you know we hear about the importance of like ala you know people throw that around or or someone just go take your fish oil but that's a, you know, a more sophisticated area of study because I want to get into ALA, EPA, and DHA. But just so people know, what are the best sources of DHA and EPA and, and how do we make sure we get a clean product? Um, the best sources, in my opinion, are marine lipids. Um, but the bottom line is you can do stuff to other things like there are people who are using e coli or plant vectors to to generate dha um and um dha is dha uh the, the where you get into the issue with plants versus marine lipids and uh seeds and that kind of stuff you get into the the quote unquote parent fatty acids uh alpha linolenic which is the omega-3 parent and alpha linoleic which is the um omega-6 uh, Omega six, and just so people know, when you see LA, that's linoleic acid. When you say ALA, that's that's al alpha linolenic. So ALA is three, LA is six, and they sound a lot alike. I've seen scientists screw this up, and I even got to sit there and think. I've been doing this for you know twenty five years, and I got to make sure I get the E and the I out of the you know the vowel thing properly. Um, but the best source, in my opinion, is is uh, marine lipids. Um, and again, if you're source averse, if you want to get it from a plant, you can certainly do that. Um, but the problem is, is um, when you use plants, you get the 18 carbon version and the human beings use a 20 and 22 carbon. Uh, EPA is 20, 20 carbon, um, uh, DHA is 22 carbon. And the conversions for human beings to take the 18 carbons and make them uh, 20 and 22 carbon, the, that conversion is about 5%. So it's a, uh, I mean, you know, if, if we're lucky, if the person's healthy. If, if we're lucky, and the other, the other key thing, again, homeostasis and balance, it's a ratio of, of six to three that really determines, uh, you know, where things go. So if, you, if you've got a really crappy diet and eat a lot of fast food and you've got massive amounts of, of omega-6 in your diet, vegetable oil, and again, vegetables don't have a lot of fat. Uh, people 
people think I'm panning vegetables or whatever, but let's just take vegetable oil made of corn, okay? It takes a bushel of corn oil to make a bottle of vegetable oil this big. Nobody sits there and eats a bushel of corn, okay? So, I mean, you've got this concentrated non-homeostasis product in your body. Uh, so that's, that's where you run into issues with, with uh, those kinds of things. But uh, purity is another issue. Now, um, people will argue and say that um, uh, the natural sources uh, are the purest. And I mean, you've been to many places where pollution is rampant. There are very, very few clean oceans and waterways left. And it doesn't take a lot of heavy metal toxicity. Uh, for instance, let's say you and I believe in that we're going to take a, uh, a, a um, DHA or EPA DHA product, and we're going to take it for the rest of our life because we know how important it is. And it says on there, you know, five nano, nanograms of, of mercury per capsule. Uh, that's within spec, right? You know, that's okay. But th now you're going to take four to six capsules or teaspoons or whatever you have to, and you're do that for the rest of your life. Now you take that nanogram, and you've multiplied that for another 40, 50 years if we're God smiles on us. And, and, and uh, times six, uh, guess what? When you and I get Alzheimer's, the kids aren't going to be smart enough to check for mercury toxicity. They're going to write us off as Alzheimer's and put us in the home. So uh, these are, this is why you've got to go as pure as you possibly can. In my opinion, and people definitely disagree with me on this one, you've got to distill the product. Now, when you distill the product, it takes stuff out that is normally there, like some of the astaxanthin goes, some of the vitamin A goes, some of the vitamin D goes, but most of the people are taking a marine lipid or some other um, fatty acid, essential fatty acid product, are also taking other vitamins. So I'm not too, too much worried about that. I focus on omega-3 uh, content and purity, those two things, purity, potency. How, how much of actual EPA, DHA, or in your case, DHA is in that product per serving, and then how clean is it? Cleaner is better. Now, you can't say it's zero. There's no test that will allow you to say zero. But you can go out to parts per billion in some cases and parts per trillion, which is what I do with my product. I'm sure you guys do that with yours. It's assayed. It's a third-party assay. And that's how you trust it. Somebody else does it who doesn't have a vested interest in selling your product. It, Dr. Dave, you've had some great omega-3 products out over the years, and, and they've been in stock, out of stock, in stock, out, out of stock. So, you know, every in time stock, I check in with you, is it, where are we now? <laughs> we're, we're back. We're back in stock. Um, you know, the thing was, and people are, I, this was really gratifying for me, because when COVID hit, um, you know, everybody knew there would be a financial issue. Everybody knew there was going to be shut down. Everybody knew there was going to be problems. But Everybody also knew that I need to be as healthy as possible as I can. And maybe I don't understand what uh, Dr. David and David Wolf are talking about at a, at a pure scientific level, but I understand the essential nature of the role that this fatty acid plays in your immunity and your endocannabinoid system and your overall health because it's just connected out the wazoo. It's, you know, it's octopus times 10 um, to everything is pretty much touched by that system, by the, by the, the, uh, the raw material, the DHA and the EPA. So the, the role of DHA to me, you know, we, we have something so unique about a human being is we have this big old head, this big brain, and we're so visual and our eyes and the importance of keeping healthy eyes in our life is one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle. And then, you know, when th people think, well, what does your brain have to do with your immune system? It's like you, a lot, a lot, right? Well, Just think uh, about 
yeah, thinking. You no, know, for instance, a lot of people believe that Alzheimer's is an immunodeficiency of the brain, inability to clear out the, the tau proteins and the uh, neurofibrillary tangles related to the microglial cells. And the microglial, microglial cells are the immune cells of the brain. And now we can even talk telomeres if you want. But the bottom line is all that stuff is centrally affected by these omega-3 fatty acids. And um, you know, most people, even the people in our audiences, uh, are running around on the low side. If, if on a dosage scale for DHA and EPA, let's say somebody says, hey, okay, I wanna, I wanna you know, really go big on this stuff because I really recommend it, you really recommend it, especially the DHA and EPA. What's a dosage that we're looking at to, for let's say somebody's get just getting, and I get a lot of these folks are about 50, they've maybe 60, and mm -hmm. they're getting, they're in that age group, and they're just becoming aware, right? They're just going, oh my God, I'm just becoming aware, I've got to do something. What's the dosage for those kind of folks? Uh, for, for men and women usually, and again, it, this is not body mass related, it's diet related. So there is a test you can do uh, somewhere between 39 and 99 bucks on Amazon. You can do a little finger stick. And remember, I used to come out to your conferences and do those. And we had some uh, real enlightening information coming out of that. Um, but the bottom line is, I, I believe in objectivity. So if you really want to dose it properly, you should probably get a starting finger stick and then uh, I tell people start with three to four grams, anywhere up to six grams. If you're morbidly obese, you know, which is an epidemic in our society, or at least obesity, you might need more. If your diet is really terrible, you might need more. If you're stressed, you might need more. Um, you know and I know that these fatty acids are extremely easily oxidized. And people will talk about stuff like, oh, they go rancid in your body. Um, that's really the term for oxidation. And the problem is not the rancidity. Your body will recycle them and get rid of them and chew them up into bits and pieces and feed them to your mitochondria or poop them out in your stool. The problem is if you don't have enough raw materials or building blocks, so it's like a building that's constantly being eaten by termites, and now you're putting new wood in. If you don't have enough wood to put in that building, the termites are going to win that battle. So it's not about uh, the rancidity of the product. It's about are you keeping your dosage up on a daily basis? And are you taking enough? Because if you're not taking enough, when it goes rancid, it gets replaced by a rancid molecule or some other molecule that doesn't belong there. You know the brain, the DHA is the, the seminal fatty acid of the brain. It's every membrane has got, it's loaded with, with, with DHA. So you want your brain to function in a fluid, uh, facile manner. You've got to have that there, but you've got to, uh, it's easily oxidized. And like many other things in your body, it needs to be replenished. So it's a daily thing. I, my old little card used to say, did you take your fish oil today? You know? <laughs> oh, I don't even remember those. That was me and my white coat and stuff. Yeah. And eyesight too, right? Comment on that for us. Oh, DHA is well, major for eyes. Major. So, I mean, we can go off on this one, but I mean, let's, let's take a look at the pathologies of the eyesight. So we have macular degeneration. Uh, there's age-related macular degeneration. There's diabetic macular degeneration. By, again, not to push the diabetics out of this, but, you know, again, the population's aging. So age-related macular degeneration is a big issue. It's an inflammatory condition. And again, the eye being an extension of the brain, guess what fatty acid needs to be there? DHA. And so you want to maintain those, the, the health of your eye tissue 
from the standpoint of inflammatory illnesses such as macular degeneration, uh, you've got to have adequate levels. And, you know, people use this to treat macular degeneration. I, I'm going to be careful about using the word treat, of course, because who knows who's watching this? You know, the people that tell you, wear a mask, they might be watching this and say, you can't say it treats anything. Okay, uh, but there are some trials out there that show that people have staved off the, the effects of uh, macular degeneration longer uh, and in some cases have improved vision. Another thing that happens to people is cataracts, okay? It's a very, very special situation. You've got a lens, you've got vitreous and aqueous humor in your eye. And the problem with the eye, not so much the back of the eye because the optic nerve comes right out in that macula. So it's a, it, people don't know, really, that piece of your eye that sees especially color vision and processes everything that comes through there is directly, directly connected to your brain. It's an outgrowth of your brain. So your eyes are an outgrowth of your brain. And you, you touched on this at the very beginning when you said we're so visually focused. Uh, the eyes are part of the brain, okay? And, and there's, they're as closely connected to the brain as any other tissue could possibly be. Because most other tissues, there's a nervous connection. So taste, you've got a nervous connection. Touch, you've got a spinal cord and nervous connection. Muscles, you've got a nerve. The eyes are part of the brain. That back part of the eye is part of the brain. Back to cataracts and, and, and that kind of thing. So the eye is not very well supplied with blood. The front of the eye, the lens, is, it's kind of like a cartilage or uh, tendons. You know, when you have a tendon injury, it takes a long time. They're, they're sort of avascular, you know, bone takes a long time to heal. It's avascular, doesn't get a lot of blood supply, so you're not being able to dump all those healing factors in there as quickly as you would like. Now, what is the eye process? The eye process is vision. What is vision? It is light energy. What is light energy? Is ultra, is, you know, it's UV, UVA, UVB. These are the most oxidizing things to the aqueous and vitreous humor that you can have. So if you don't have a good circulation, I'm not saying you can't really improve the circulation to the eye uh, unless it's sick. But we're given a certain amount, and in, in, in the, the uh, old adage is, if you live long enough, you're going to get a cataract. I don't think that's true, because I think what you can do is you can blunt the inflammatory effects of UV light, the oxidative damage, through the aqueous and vitreous tumors so they don't cloud up. The other thing is, and I know I've talked to you about this, uh, one of the early signs of this is decrease in night vision. I mean, I used to be able to see, we play hide and seek, they always made me the scout because I could see a block away at night, somebody hiding behind a bush. And that was one of the earliest things I noticed. So, you know, I designed an antioxidant eye drop, which I'm piloting now. But I mean, the omega-3 fatty acids are critical for that front part of the eye and the back part of the eye. Interesting. This Now, DHA, EPA are, you know, almost like the most important super nutrients for a human being. And for I, I want the system especially, David, yeah. Yeah, for the immune system, definitely. Now, let's talk about EPA a little bit because EPA is more structural. Is that correct? And where is EPA used in eicosapentaenoic acid, right? So it's the relative, and that's the 20 carbon chain, right? The, the DHA is yeah. 22 carbon chain. Yes, EPA's 20 carbon chain. Tell us a little bit about how that fits into the immune system and to our body. I make it very, very easy. I say that EPA is body, DHA is brain. Now, that's not exactly true because if you take a muscle cell or a skin cell or anything and you assay the membrane of that cell, you're going to find EPA and DHA in both of them. The brain, however, when you're looking at the brain, you're not going to see a lot of EPA floating around the brain. You can't get across the blood-brain barrier. 
Um, uh, so DHA is really the only way you can really get through the blood-brain barrier. So the brain, again, is a special case. Um, but um, EPA body, DHA brain is, is kind of a good way to think of it. And it's, it's artificial. Like I said, you need them both for everything, but for the head especially, you need the DHA. When people have neurological problems like schizophrenia, things of that nature, I always recommend EPA and DHA. But I've heard and read that EPA is more important in that case in, in certain neurological disorders. Would you support that thesis or, or is there, do you have another angle do you, or is it always both? Um, it's always both. Uh, again, if you could do a brain biopsy, which most people aren't going to volunteer for, you'd find they a lot of those people, and same thing with ADHD or ADD or Asperger's or any of whatever they call it now, you know, they're always changing the name of it. Um, so whatever it's called now, the inability to focus and pay attention, um, that you could biopsy the neurologic cells, you would have uh, low, probably low DHA in a lot of those cases. But there is a sort of a little twist to this and that is they say that you know epa doesn't contribute to the dhl but that's not actually true there's a little side pathway called the sprecher shunt which takes things like epa and uh, docosopentanoic acid and puts them in makes uh, uh, dha it's about 20 percent. so you know 80 percent of your dha comes from raw dha the other 20 percent of your brain dha comes from epa so you, again you hit the nail on the head as you know, you know it, they're both important. DHA relatively more important uh, for the brain. EPA relatively more important for the body. But there is this homeostatic, you know, shift. There's another mechanism there in case you go low on one, you can pull from the other and and feed the brain more DHA. So a lot of people don't know about that, and they'll just say, oh, DHA doesn't get across, uh, EPA doesn't get across the blood-brain barrier, and doesn't have it's actually worth about 20% of the DHA through that Sprecher shunt thing. And if you don't read biochemistry textbooks, you know, we were talk, joking about this before. So David was telling me that my camera angle wasn't good and I need to, need to, to bring myself up. So I said, well, I'm going to get some medical textbooks because they're always about this thick. And it, it took about two of them to fix the problem. So, uh, but somewhere buried in the archives of, you know, the Encyclopedia of Dave and all those thousands of articles and books I've read is, is the Sprecher shunt, which explains what you said. So there is a reason behind what you said. It's true. Absolutely true. In the middle of this situation right now that, that we're in as a doctor to everyone out there, we've gone over all different kinds of protocols. Do you want to give us a quick rundown of the basic ideas, the basic protocols for immune system, especially antiviral? Yeah. So um, viruses are parasitic, most viruses are parasitic invaders. And so the real place where you've got to have a good defense is ironically, and you, you know, I know you've, you and I've talked about this, the similarities between cancer and viruses and how maybe viruses cause cancer. We know that hepatomas are caused by viral. Uh, we know that stomach cancer can be caused by a bacteria. So there are clearly relations uh, and it, Again, it, it's not necessarily the actual bug or virus itself. It's the immune response to it that's either failing or over-responding that's causing the disease. You're out of homeostasis. So um, this is a, a you know, beautiful yin-yang illustration. <laughs> you want to keep the circle balanced. Um, but uh, for viral immunity, the real critical 
thing are the first line responders and that's the NK cells, the natural killer cells. And uh, then you get into the T cells and way, way, way down the road, you get into the B, B cells and humoral immunity. Um, so the initial illness is dealt with by natural killer cells, first line defense, just like cancer surveillance, natural killer cells, first line defense. So what helps your NKs? Um, you have some products. You have a lot of fungal products, mushroom-based products that will help interleukins and interferons and will stimulate natural killer cells. The other thing a lot of those products will do is they'll keep your macrophage, which is the gobbling up cells, the things that gobble up the sick cells and the invaders, um, second line of defense, if you will. And it'll keep those guys in the, or gals in the area where they need to be instead of migrating uh, diffusely. So one of the issues of immunosenescence is uh, the immune system loses its way as we get older. It doesn't understand where to put its energy. And sometimes a lot of it, uh, it gets put into suppressing chronic viral infections. You have people with chronic EBV, uh, you know, shingles comes back after, after varicella. Uh, you know, these, these, uh, CMV is a classic because it's been studied as actually a deadly virus uh, if it comes back as an old person. Uh, even if you've had it since you've been a child, if it reactivates in your 80s, you're going to live about a year and that's it. So um, this sort of shunting of all your immune resources into an area, it takes away its ability to meet a new, or as we call it, novel virus like COVID. So, you know, you've got a new threat uh, and you just don't have the juice to, to get after it soon enough. Um, so that's that's kind of where that all plays in, in terms of balancing the immune system's response and allowing for um, flexibility. Uh, and those natural killers and those macrophages, critical. Uh, more stuff you can do. So you have the fungal products. Sheila Jet, I know uh, um, your your cousin, uh, you know. It, he's big. Very, yeah, he's big on and Sheila. He's also very big on DHA as well. And, uh, and, and Scotica, all that stuff. Um, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, you've got other immune modulators, but if you break it down, um, do you remember about 10 years ago, I wrote a book called The Immortality Edge and I was talking about telomeres. Every single one of those systems like meditation, sleep, antioxidants, exercise, if they're done in balance, is also critical for viral immunity. So when you look at people who get very, very sick or who die from COVID, you're looking at people who have they're not your immune system is not normal it's not able to fight against these kinds of things so always start with lifestyle i mean you can take pills we can take sometimes and i know you do this i do this because we're scientists we burn a candle at both ends of the stick and we we gobble extra stuff to take care of it and it works but i mean theoretically you should always be in balance from the standpoint of your moods don't underestimate the effect of stress and mood on your viral uh Weakness, your, your vulnerability, uh, exercise. You know, if you're an ultra marathoner and you just have to run your ultra marathon every day, you might be pushing it. Look at what happens to the Tour de France people. Every year yeah. they run France twenty or thirty percent of, well, twenty percent at least bail because they're overtrained and they they cannot they get sick. Thirty year old guy in the prime is getting freaking pneumonia, guaranteed. Going to get some COVID in there too. So there you go. So that's kind of that. I guess that's a simple way of saying when you overtrain like that, you get that inflammation. That's a cytokine storm that can be generated from all that wear and tear and all that activity. Is that a, is that a safe assumption? 
Um, I'm trying to understand cytokine storm. You know, like I can, I can understand if you like smoke cigarettes all day, you know, you get this irritation that's going to create that cytokine storm reaction because of all that inflammation. Is it similar with the overtraining? Um, Not really because, um, and it's good you bring this up because uh, with COVID, cytokine storm is, is a major cause of death. Uh, but the first question is, is you know, uh, how sound is the immune system? So if the immune system can't respond, if the immune system doesn't have enough juice, or if it's overtaxed. So what happens with, with physical exercises, there's, you're adding to the inflammation in the body. Now, we know that exercise cranks up our antioxidant levels, makes us more robust. But, you know sometimes push it a little bit further or harder than we should. And the sneaky thing about overtraining is, you know, I've had people come to me and, you know, I just did a 30 mile run and I feel great. Two weeks later, they've got an Achilles tendonitis and you can't tell them that's from the two weeks. There's a delay, you know, there's this buffer of time before your body responds to some of these things. And so overtraining is a very sneaky kind of thing. There are ways to objectify it, heart rate, how well you're sleeping, body weight, loss of body mass, body fat, et cetera. So what, what, what happens ultimately is um, when you overtax the body's repair ability, you, you're working out, working out, working out, you're Nordic skiing, you're ultramarathoning, usually these things are, are primarily uh, going to be endurance exercises because strength building exercises, they manifest as tendonitis or torn muscles. Um, uh, endurance exercises manifest primarily as fatigue or, or a global illness. And what they're doing is they're just grabbing the immune system's resources and saying, fix me, fix me, fix me. And then you're pounding it more and so fix me more, fix me more. And you just reach that limit. Now, Hans Sele and, and Nietzsche had one thing in common. They believed if you did anything in an incremental dosage, you could probably survive it. So the question is incremental, incremental doses. And, you know, as, as I've aged, you know, I've stayed in shape. But I, I'll tell you the, the critical thing for me is recovery time and learning not to push too, too hard. I'm still a 25-year-old up here. I still want to be able to see that 30 40% in improvement. Um, and I'll get it if I take a year. It, it's not going to be a six-week program for me anymore like it used to be. So it's a question of shunning resources away and not allowing the immune system to, to have the strength, if you will. It's exhaustion, immunoexhaustion. You've exhausted it. Now, the cytokine storm part, is it okay to go into that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, I'm going to use COVID because it's a perfect example. Um, what happens to a lot of people with COVID is, um, they, especially, and we're now talking about that 3 to 5% of elderly people with multiple comorbidities and immunosenescence. By definition, aging and immunosenescence go hand in hand. That's not an absolute paradigm, but it is now because we haven't figured out how to boost the immune system or people don't do what you and I do on a daily basis. They look for putting the finger in a dike. You need a vaccine. You need a drug. You need a, you know, it's a Western uh, medical approach is, is deal with the sequela of the disease at the end of it rather than preparing yourself for it. Um, so um, that's, that's where you get in, into, the, into trouble with, with uh, that sort of thing. But cytokine storm, to give uh, you an example using COVID, so let's say I'm 80 and I'm immunosuppressed, immunosenesced. I can't mount a good viral defense. COVID is a highly contagious virus. I get COVID. It multiplies in my body to a large extent before my immune system even recognizes it. And, 
at, when it gets to that level where even my weak, wimpy, tired, old immune system sees it, pardon my French, but it's an oh shit moment because now you actually have viral septicemia. You have septic shock from that virus. But ironically, because the body didn't recognize it, the virus, until your body actually responds, you don't get sick and die. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you, you probably have so much virus in you that, you know, you, I don't know what would happen to you. But, but at some point, the immune system says, oh, shit. And it over-responds. It's been ambushed. It over-responds. Everywhere it looks, it sees COVID and it says, bam, I'm going to mount every single piece of uh, survival gear that I've got at this. And it's kind of like having a massive autoimmune disease. You go so far past homeostasis because the virus has gone so far past where it should have, uh, as in contrast to a young, healthy person. Oh, I got the virus. I don't even know I have the virus. My immune system just cleans it up and gets rid of it, develops immunity. In, in a, the older comorbid population or somebody with an immune deficiency that's undiagnosed for whatever reason, whether it's stress-related or they have some other viral, there's probably a lot of viral diseases we haven't even begun to diagnose yet. Because you always hear about these outliers. He's 30 years old. He died of COVID. Well, you know, did he have HIV? Did anybody test that? Did he have some other uh, underlying mor morbidity that nobody tested? Or are there a, a subset of viral, uh, you know, vulnerabilities that nobody looks for yet because we don't know about them? And hopefully that's what's going to come out of this. But once you've got cytokine storm, you're way over the top and your body will basically start eating itself up. It'll damage any tissue, especially the lungs. And then you have the sequela, the, the hepatic failure. You have renal failure, you have ischemic stroke. You've got all the stuff you see in any septic shock, whether it's viral, whether it's bacterial, uh, you know, whether it's tetanus, whatever it is, the body has that. It just pours on the coals to the point where it begins to destroy itself. And that's why people, you know, die in the ICUs of COVID intubated and their systems are failing, failing, failing. multiple system failures. Once you're at that point, man, the, it, there ain't no coming back. Your body is way over, all systems fail, and it's domino effect. There's something you've been bringing up that, that you and I know about, and I, I really started learning about it through hanging out with you and Rafael Gonzalez, which is immune system senescence as we age. Now, I had no idea that, that you know, the cells, they just go, oh, no, I'm just going to do nothing. Um, as we age, I didn't really realize that was an issue until – I started hanging out with you guys and you guys started teaching me all this stuff. I was like, whoa, this is a whole issue. And it's a big part of cell therapy. You know, the cell therapies that have been developed to get those, those cells back up and running again. Dig in a little bit with us on, on cells, on, in particular, immune cell senescence. I'm happy to. Um, and just before we dive into that, I just, you know, when you look at older people, uh, if you're going to generalize, which again, you have to be careful about. But what you see is, generally speaking, older people are slower, have less energy, less ambition, less whatever. This is a huge generalization. I know lots of people. And of course, as I get older myself, I don't want to be lumped in that category. But uh, <laughs> you know, the brain, the brain, the energetics, the desire to survive, the desire to create new things, the desire to be, this is all absolutely critical in um, how your cells behave. Because even though they have their own little cell signaling mechanisms and everything that sets them apart as a system. It's all governed by your energy. And if you're a high energy person, your immune system is also going to be high energy. So enough about that. Um, 
the immune cells are rapidly turning over, uh, somewhere between 60 and 120 days maximum lifespan. And now we get to jump into telomeres a little bit because the immune cells, when they replicate, they're, they're asking your stem cell mass to create new immune cells every 120 days. And as they, do, as they go from stem cell to immune cell, the telomeres shorten, 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 and they have a finite lifespan, especially if they're challenged. When they're challenged, then the message goes back to, this, to the you know, bone marrow and other stem cell masses, more, 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 I need more. Uh, and now you're, you're turning up the heat on that cycle and you're producing more and more. And in each case, as the demand goes up, so too does telomere shortening. And as the cell ages, any cell, but especially the immune cells, the telomere gets short. At some point, when a short telomere uh, becomes a problem, and we won't get into the numbers for that, but they become problematic, that cell, that immune cell, actually becomes an inflammatory cell. It, number one, can't see in front of it, doesn't know what it's fighting. Number two, gets kind of lazy and can't produce new cells that are functional. And number three, uh, if it's going to go anywhere, it's going to go to some old virus that it has to suppress. And it's called uh, um, immunoobsession. And you see this in 80-year-olds and, and beyond. The, uh, the, a large portion of their immune system is devoted to suppressing chronic viral infections. And again, their resources are shunted away. And now you lump in hypertension or obesity or heart disease. You've got comorbidities none of which are being repaired because the immune system isn't able to do it anymore and the stem cell mass isn't there to do it anymore uh and you can see this becomes a cyclic prophecy of you know more inflammation aging more inflammation aging more inflammation aging fewer and fewer cells that are able to participate in the repair and recovery and that's called immunosenescence when that cell can no, when that immune system can no longer mount a response to a new challenge or even suppress an old challenge. And it's, it's sophisticated, it has to do with stem cell mass and telomere length and all that other stuff, but it's what we see. So again, all the things we talked about in terms of nutraceuticals, in terms of personal habits, in terms of understanding when you're pushing too hard or too far, and you know, okay, if I'm pushing too hard, too far, guess what? There's an extra handful of fish oil on this side, and there's a little bit more curcumin and chilajit on this side and some cordyceps. So, you know, it's, 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 you've got to be proactive about immunosenescence. Stem cell therapies, cell therapies, because we use, uh, nowadays, most of what we use are newborn mesenchymal cells. We have one donor source. We have a bioreactor. Uh, the donor source is our chief scientist's son. We know his history and his background. We know he's well-behaved. And we've done all the genetic testing on. So we don't have to take donor cords or anything like that anymore. We've got our one source, and we can expand those cells in a bioreactor ad infinitum. They don't get old. They store very, very well. And that's what I've been using now for the past two and a half to three years. And when those cells are in your body, they wake up your other cells. They're only going to be in your body for seven to 12 months. But in that process, you've done two things. You've taken your stem cell mass and you've expanded it because they've just given another 100 million, essentially, newborn cells. And these sort of senescent cells are wandering around. They go, oh, I got to behave like that. That's how I'm supposed to behave. It's an educational process of cell to cell. And it lasts for a while, well, probably a few years. And then you do it again. And, you know, you boost how it. Often, how often are you doing those kind of stem cell treatments now? Because I've had friends in your age category that were doing it three times a year, even four times a year, which I thought was a lot. I think that's probably excessive unless you're sick. I shoot for uh, one and a half to two times a year, if that makes sense to you. 
uh, and uh, occasionally, uh, you know, you know, I'm a guinea pig. Uh, uh, I've had some natural killer cell therapies and some other cell therapies as well. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot that goes into that. But as far as stem cells, I would say if you're healthy and you're doing it for quote unquote anti aging, once a year is adequate. If you find that there are parts of your aging uh, sequela that you don't like, like your recoverability is down or your eyesight's not so good or you're developing aches and, aches and pains, uh, then you might want to do them a little more frequently because, again, they're homeostatic. They'll go to where inflammation is. They'll suppress inflammation and repair. And they won't go someplace where they're not needed. They don't um, – you, it's, it's hard to overdose on them um, – it's also too expensive to overdose on them, but, but the bottom line is it's, it's, uh, um, they know what to do in your body and they re-educate your own cells and your own tissues to behave younger. And it's my personal belief. We have some anecdotal evidence that they lengthen telomeres as well. So now you're making the rest of the body younger in the process. For everybody who's, who's listening right now, and by the way, thanks for being a part of the Immunity Summit, we do take people down to Guadalajara, Mexico, and I, I think that's still going down, down there, Dr. Dave, and we've got to go down there. We're overdue, so we're, we've got to put together a trip, just you and I, and, and I'll bring my mom, and we'll bring some family members and head down there just as soon as this whole COVID thing lifts and yeah, and that's it. Work that out. That's it. I mean, I'm but we can get others to go as well. I mean, anybody can contact you or me, or we can put them in touch with Tony. Right? Tony's still doing mm-hmm. the coordination, and I'll put the yeah. details in the show notes below, and we'll yep. see if we can coordinate that for folks. Um, yeah. Tell us real quick about your experience with that, with being down in Guadalajara, and and what you've found out. Well, you know, I haven't been able to get there since the last time I was there was in February. Oh uh, wow. Yeah, so I mean, there's. I suppose I could pull the Ace Trump card and say, "Hey, I'm a doctor. I'm working on COVID," which isn't totally untrue, and I'll probably get down there. But I, right now, the border's supposed to lift around the end of July, uh, which is you know, a couple weeks after I'm going to come see you. Yeah. Uh, but if that doesn't, then it's time for me to 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 uh, you know start pushing a little bit using the stuff that I have, the resources I have to make those things happen. Um, but we've had phenomenal experiences uh, with a lot of neurologic disorders as a matter of fact and rafa was intimately involved in a, a trial and is still working on using mesenchymal newborn mesenchymal stem cells uh to treat covid um and again especially the cytokine storm thing because now the stem cells that are given are handling the over inflammation they're letting the body catch up and letting the body uh not become blasted with this this uh, autoimmune response is, is really what it is. Um, they're, they're causing the homeostasis. And, and again, it's important for the most part to understand that it's not even the amount of virus that's in your body that's killing people or making people sick. It's the immune response to that virus that's killing people and making people sick. So does a vaccine, can we jump into vaccines first? Sure, yeah, we could absolutely. Okay. By the way, this isn't going to be on YouTube on the open internet. It's just for our, we've got about 13, 14,000 people in our group here, and we it's all delivered by email. So, you know, yes. I went over to the dark side a long time ago in the eyes of most of my colleagues. And, you know, I have no regrets about it. I've been healthier than ever, especially. It's nothing sadder than seeing one of my colleagues who continue to believe all the things that we were taught without ever questioning. And, you know, they're my age and they look 10, 20 years older and they're sick. Um, and, you know, you watch this happen to people all the time. And, 
you know, I've been criticized by some of my colleagues for being out there and not not being as compassionate or not being as as um, uh, towing the line medical thinking wise as I'm supposed to. Um, you know, critical thinking is part of medicine, um, and just because it says so in JAMA or Dr. Fauci, sorry, Dr. Fauci, just because he says so doesn't mean I'm going to buy into it without doing my own research. So vaccines. Um, let's use influenza as a classic example, okay? The average response rate to the influenza vaccine is somewhere, and it depends on the year and depends on the, the flu, um, between 30 and 50, 55% maximum. Now, if you've got immunosenescence or suppressed immune system, and you can't generate an immune response, and you're given a vaccine, okay, and it's a live attenuated virus or whatever it is, it's not antibodies, okay, it's a virus you're getting, and you're gonna say, okay, in my weakened state, in my wimpy immune system that can't see this virus in its normal state, I'm gonna take this vaccine and I'm going to expect myself to become immune? How? If your immune system's shot or you don't have enough juice to make a, a a response that's healthy and appropriate on your own. How is a vaccine that you can't respond to, again, 33 to 50% vaccine, and guess who the non-responders are? The old, the infirm, the comorbidities, the immunosuppressed. That's not where we need to work. What we really need to do, and this goes for aging as well, is we need to look at our immune system and understand what a healthy immune system can do and boost it. And that's what the Immunity Summit is about the proper nutraceuticals, the proper antioxidants, the proper lifestyle behaviors, because this is what's going to get you past this uh, for a lot longer than your neighbor who's got a, a blasted immune system. So I would not look to vaccines. Um, you know, I stopped taking the influenza vaccine a long, long time ago. I used to get sick every year and I take the vaccine and I get sick. So I just stopped. And, you know, I'm not saying I didn't get an occasional, you know, minor flu. Uh, but I allowed my body's healthiness and my belief in my body's healthiness to take over and, you know, took better care of myself. Yeah, start there. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how, you know, this whole system, I mean, what we're dealing with, as you know, is a huge amount of investment by Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates and the entire pharmaceutical industry on like the quick fix, which is the vaccine which is totally working on the wrong side of the equation. Like you don't, as you described very eloquently, we don't want to be working on adding to the burden of more viruses in our system. We want to actually work on the other side where our system can mount a better response and a more homeostatic response. And that's where I think the, the medicinal mushrooms come in, especially reishi mushroom. And I found it interesting talk to, talking to Dr. Judy Mikovits, that that was the one that came up for her and her research on what was the, really the best antiviral and the best strategy for antivirals was it was reishi mushroom. I was like, wow, Dr. Judy, that's epic. Yeah. And, and we should probably talk a little bit about some of those nutraceuticals because, you know, we love them so much like Shilajit, reishi, cordyceps. It, maybe just let's sort of blast a list together for people. And, and so you throw out your favorites and, and we'll take it from there. I will. I, I think I just, again, um, you know, I, I give, I, I love living in this era because whenever something like this comes up, then there's a backlash. There's people who just, I ain't buying this. You know what I mean? And out of that, I ain't buying it comes some really great research. And so, you know, back in 2000, I had a, a supplement called 
um, instant endurance. And it was rhodiola, cordyceps, and Siberian uh, Siberian ginseng. And it was, nobody had anything like that, and nobody believed in anything like that. And there wasn't a whole lot of research, at least a lot of Western research. So with all the, all the medicinal mushrooms, but especially uh, reishi, uh, to some degree cordyceps, um, some people will talk about transfer factors, another one you can take, or beta-glucan. What you see is a couple of things. They're, they're, all of them do this, and some of them do it more than others. Reishi obviously does it more than others. They crank up your NK response. Remember the first line defense. There's your viral immunity. They keep your macrophages where they belong. There's your second line of immunity. They boost uh, the beta-glucan. Your, your body will make more beta-glucan or get more beta-glucan from those mushrooms. It's an active ingredient in the mushrooms. So there's part of it. Interferons and interleukins, without naming the 16 million different interferons and interleukins, are boosted in a sense that they will keep homeostasis and maintain that initial response um, to, against the viruses and to some degree bacteria. And just going to throw this one in there. I use essential oils, and I don't know if you saw, but uh, now I can't claim that I can fix COVID with essential oils, but there's data on influenza and there's data on rotavirus. And there's data on other virus, respiratory corona-type viruses. So what we sell, I have a mask with a pad. You saturate it with the essential oil. You put the oil in the pad. You put the mask on. Now, the mask, what about the mask? The mask is just the delivery vehicle. It's the essential oil vapors that are coating your sinuses and your throat that are the actual defenses against the infection. And I'm not going to say they're going to cure it if you have it, but they're going to make that a lot harder to adhere to that ACE inhibitor in your lungs and your nasal passages. So I kind of thought it was, I mean, I don't usually blow my own horn, but it was kind of genius to, to use the mask that everybody has to wear anyway if you want to be compliant and not socially guilted and put the freaking barrier inside right where it needs to go. And, you know, the mask, okay, it's a fashion statement, it's a delivery system, whatever you want to call it. But you're getting that, that molecule exactly where it needs to be put a barrier against that virus. So that's another thing that you can do. So let's, do, uh, let's talk about that protocol. That's a pretty epic protocol because there are people like my mom's 80, you know, don't tell her I said anything about that. But I know your mom. <laughs> she's you're getting to that age where, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't really want her just running out there suddenly just, you know, hanging out like she was doing before because of all this exposure. Let's talk about that mask strategy because let's say somebody has to wear a mask for their job or whatever, and and or let's say they're in that age group. Give us that protocol. What's the essential oil that you have, and then how do you soak it in there? You put five drops, or how do how do we do that? So, um, backtracking just a little bit again, um, the masks we use are not the N95 compliant masks. Okay. And most people are not walking around with an N95 mask. And if they are, it's not properly fitted anyway. So, I mean, the mask, every mask other than that, our masks do have the nose bar. But, you know, what? and I'm not telling people to be lax. Again, this is just my experience, not medical uh, advice, not curative, not, you know, not mitigating, not diagnosing. Uh, but what, what I did a long time ago in the original, my original company back in 2002, I had 10 different or 12 different essential oils. And I just really did it as a hobby. I never pushed them that hard. I had them, but one of them was called 
cold and flu. It was called cold and flu because it inhibited a lot of bacterial pneumonia type virus uh, bacteria, and it also inhibited rotavirus, common cold, and uh, respiratory syncytial virus, and it also inhibited influenza. And this is documented. And the, you know the various and sundry oils are mixed in proportion. That's a trade secret. Don't want to give that out. But they include things like lavender. Um, uh, they include uh, lemon oil. They include um, rosemary and thyme oils, thymol, thymol. Um, and there's one or two in there which I won't disclose. But essentially, these are the oils that are antibacterial and virus static. Um, and what you do is you put, um, so you have the mask. It's got a slot. It's two-layer mask. Uh, you t it's basically, it's a makeup removal pad. It's about this big. You put five or six drops on that. You slip it in there, and you wear the mask when you're out there. I also take the same oils, and I put them in um, uh, Everclear 190, half that and half oil. And it's a beautiful uh, cleanser for your house because the alcohol is a solvent. And it makes it incredible. If you put it in aloe vera, I, this is all on my YouTube channel. If you put it on, not uh, YouTube, my uh, Instagram. Um, if you put it in aloe gel, and I'll bring you guys some when I come up. If you put it in aloe gel, now you've got a beautiful hand moisturizer that is virus static and, and bacteria static. And, uh, you know, you stick it in, in uh, um a little eucalyptus oil and you take out the aloe and now you've got a spray cleaner that's non-toxic and natural. Um, and, or you put it in a, in a salt rock and put a little cotton over it and now you got an inhaler. So I've, I've kind of morphed this into a bunch of different things. The only thing I sell are the masks and the oils because most people don't want to go through the other stuff. And I don't want to be shipping, you know, concentrated 32 ounces of, you know, oil. But, but the, the mask works in that fashion. And again, the, you're wearing the mask, you're like, well, the air's coming in, right? Yeah, the air's coming in. You're not getting short of breath. You can breathe easily. But what's there with that air is those essential oil vapors. And this is nature's, one of nature's oldest uh, bacteria statics and virus statics. Because remember, plants have been dealing with viruses and bacteria far longer than we have. If okay, believe, I wanna, uh, Dr. Dave, I want to get your, let's get your Instagram first. So IG at, what's your? It's just... Uh, Dr. Dave Wonorowski. So is it D-O-C-T-R-O-R or D-R Dave? D-O-C-E and then my last name, Wonorowski. If you type in Dr. Dave, it'll usually be one of the first four. And you'll see all kinds of crap I'm doing. I do a lot of exercise stuff on there. I'm building a yoga deck right now. You know, it's my personal thing. But I did show on there in way back in, I guess, March, how to make all this stuff. And then because we had cold and flu and the formula was already done and we had the documentation that it worked for influenza, I'm very forthcoming. I said, I can't, I can't get COVID to test. I can't say, hey, uh, Anthony, Dr. Fauci, can you send me some COVID so I can see if my essential oil kills it? And first of all, it's, COVID is like gold. You can't get in it's research purposes only level three facility. Second of all, if it worked, you'd be dead in a ditch somewhere. You know that. So... <laughs> you, know, you, just, you just wiped out the entire Gates family's heritage for the next thousand years. I don't think so, buddy. You know, you're just a dumbass. You know, anti-aging doc. We're not. Gonna, you don't get to change we're, the. We're not gonna, Yeah, we're not dealing with this. We're not what's your What's your no for, for your fish oil and and your other products, Doctor Dave? What's your website? Because I want to get that in here as well. It's. T H E the longevityedge.com, all one word. T H E okay, longevityedge.com. Okay, cool. 
Facebook.com. And it'll be in the show notes too. So for, if you're listening, everybody, I'll make and sure the, I have that typed up for you. Up there, we also are coming out with an elderberry. Remember Immune Boost years ago? Well, we're bringing back Immune Boost, the the, uh, the uh, Sambo Call based, uh, elder black elderberry based uh, um, uh, immune uh, um Booster essentially prevents the neuraminidase response of the virus to attach to the cells. Um, what and, form is that? A syrup or what's it? What's it? What's it? It's capsules. caps. Yeah, we have a, a flash pasteurization process we use from a company. Uh, that's very, very uh, unique process. Excuse me, not very unique. A unique process that uh, uh, keeps the antioxidant properties of uh, and and the uh, chemical properties w without. Uh, and gets rid of any viruses and bacteria that are in the, the plant material. So um, we're bringing that back. It's time. You know, again, I was way, well, 15 years ahead of my time, I guess, with that. So, <laughs> yeah. Don't figure. Yeah. Don't figure. What's a telomere? Yeah. Stem cell? What's a stem cell? Anyway. Yeah, I know. Way, you've, you've been at this. the same oh. way, Dave. Yeah. You and, I, you and I will never be famous because we're first. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> you want to be famous? Don't be first. Be like third or fourth, and build on what everybody else did before you, and just kind of usurp their work and say, "Well, I've got this." And you know, use your your marketing skills, which you have a massive marketing skill. So, but yeah, yeah thanks. that's the old Matt Fury taught me now. You <laughs> you want to be famous? You don't be first. <laughs> you know, years ago, I, I, I used to try to push people 50% or 100% from what, where they are to, to the next thing. And, and Brian Tracy taught me, he's like, push them 5%, not 100%, not yep. 50%, 5%. Yep. That really helped me. That really helped. I did that. I, I made that mistake in my coaching and mentoring. Um, and, I, you know, it's not like I wasn't taught again. Matt, by a, a fellow named Carl Gotch. Uh, I believe um, taught me this phrase, and it was, "If you want to teach them nothing, teach them everything." And I can even my most recent um, person I was coaching, uh, I'm sure I OD'd them, and they ran away. You know, it's just like <laughs> that's you know too much. And I know you've been around these people. Um, you, you open, I mean, I'm guilty of this. Uh, you open the encyclopedia of Dave and Dave, and sometimes it just doesn't stop. And, you know, you don't see the other person's eyes glazing over because, you know, this is what you do and what you love. And they are interested in it, but, you know, they've got other things on their mind. So I think 5% is great incrementally, for, you know, 5%. Okay, now that this is why you have tears in your coaching program. You know what I mean? You want the first 5%, you know, that's X commitment of dollars in weeks you want the next 10 percent. that's whatever you want to be you know in my inner circle well um we're going to trade something or you're going to pay heavily for it or i'm going to pay you maybe you know whatever it is uh whatever it is that's necessary to be in that inner circle but you know when people are not ready uh and you you can't take it you can't take it personally i know you've mentored thousands of people uh, over the over the years and you know everybody says they're ready of course i want what you have of course i want your knowledge base of course i want uh but there's a price to pay and a lot of times i don't want to pay that price you know i want it but i want to stay exactly as i am so <laughs> just stick it in my vein and 
I mean, look at us. We've known each other for probably almost over a decade now. Uh, each of us has morphed and changed and uh, hopefully mellowed. And, uh, you know, again, I think what people have gotten out of today, you know, again, lifestyle modifications. Uh, my top 10 list, it would be fish oil, the um, elderberry-based stuff, the, the mask stuff. And a good solid antioxidant, you know, pick one, pick curcumin, pick uh, carcetin, pick whatever, or get a good multi and take that. And that's pretty much it. But you still can't, you know, drink heavily. Um, you know, I like a cigarette. I, I doctor that smokes, I three cigarettes a year, two cigars a year, whatever, you know, and you and I are both in that boat. I didn't do any of that during COVID just because it's a respiratory virus. Um, you know, I don't want to weaken my, my humoral, my, my topical defense there. Um, so I, I, I keep it simple and I always try to focus on lifestyle. You know, it's, it's something too, that's, that's interesting about you, Dr. Dave. And it's something I want to just pass along to everybody out there is that you are a consistent learner. You, you're constantly wanting to learn and develop. And, and that's one of the things that we've been doing together with the music, right? We've been trying to, to get out there and let's get our music going. Let's, let's. You know, let's 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 see if we can jam out these '80s rock and roll songs, even at, at all these years later. And, and how important is that? I want to get that out of you. How important is that? That commitment to learning to our health. You know, that's a damn good question, um, and I think it's a personality-based kind of thing. Um, I learn because I'm a creator. I have to create, just like you. And people have asked me, like, oh, you did this. You created your own telomerase activator. You created your own stuff. You wrote a book. Uh, aren't you amazed at all that? I'm like, no. I'm thinking about the next thing. That's done. That's the, I, I want the next big thing. I want, because I know uh, my, my uh, sharing this very personal detail. Very few people know this, so your audience is going to know this. You're going to know this now. I might have told you this, but I have a very simple epitaph. It's one word, four letters, more. That's why I'm here, for more. And then I want to share that with everybody else, anybody else that wants to truly learn it. And, uh, again, like you said, 5% is probably about as much as you should should start with. But I think for people like us and probably our audiences, the reason there are audiences is because they are consistent learners. And I don't know about you, but I have stuff that I'm very passionate about. Music is one of it, as you know. Um, and it's so exciting for me to watch myself grow as a musician, to be able to play stuff. I started playing guitar in the 80s. I couldn't play any of the stuff we're playing now. Don't ask me how me or too. what. You know, I couldn't <laughs> do it. I probably didn't have the focus. I also found myself a phenomenal teacher as you know but um you know learning and allowing uh is a big thing um a lot of people don't do stuff because they say oh i couldn't do that i couldn't do what you do because i don't have this talent or that um i learned in my in myself and again not to be hubristic there's nothing i can't do if i allow myself to do it but i have to get away i have to get those restrictions out of the way uh and and you know with guitar as an example, I became a thousand percent better than I was in three months uh, versus, you know, six or seven years. 
of playing. And that was the art of allowing. And so when you learn, you have to allow yourself to learn. You have to start with that mindset. This is, this is something that excites me. This is something that I, and you know, uh, we all want to wake up dead, right? We want to create and create and do and do until such time as, you know, we're not here anymore. Um, and then I want to serve the rest of humanity with what I learn and what I know. That's what excites me. That's what makes me passionate. So because it excites me and makes me passionate, it is absolutely what you said, critical. I do think that most people who age well are creative, consistent learners. But there are, I would sum it up simply by saying, what do you love to do? What do you love to do? What gives you joy? And, you know, guitar playing, guitar, especially coming up and playing with you. I mean, it was so fun to have a drummer and, and a bass player and a vocalist. You know, we're going to have a vocalist when we come. A beautiful young lady's going to come up and sing with us. So, I mean, it, it, these are exciting. This exciting to me. And other people, it's building a hot rod. Uh, other people, it's raising their kids. But, but you've got to have, I think, that hope and something to look forward to. And as long as there's forward motion. Where I don't do well, I mean, Jesus, this is like true confessions here. Where I don't do well is where I feel hopeless or where I feel um, there's no forward motion. That's what makes me feel stagnant and not whatever. And I always get out of it. But um, that's what learning does for me. Long-winded answer. Sorry, buddy, but, uh, you know, it's, it is it's important. Good. It's really important. How about that? <laughs> Very important. Very good. Thanks so much, Dr. Dave. We kept here for an hour. Um, any last parting words you got for us? I mean, you, you've, we've gone yeah. deep on a lot of different areas and really useful tools, by the way, right? Any one of us can increase. A lot of people are doing maybe four to 600 milligrams of DHA and maybe 400 milligrams of EPA. And all of a sudden you're going like three to six grams. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait a second. Well, let's uptick that. Anything like that that you think that we should, that maybe we're doing or tampered with, but now let's blast it up or any last minute words of wisdom? Well, again, to reiterate, um, if we've oversaturated you with too many things, pick one that's easy and do that. Um, I think, and this is probably not, do you remember when I was at your conference, um, somebody asked me, uh, I think it was 2011, the very first conference I was at. Was that the, uh, the first one, I think? Um, someone asked me, we were on a panel of experts, and they said, what is the most important anti-aging tool that you have? And I don't know if you remember this moment, but everybody's going to say, oh, she's going to say fish oil, of course, right? And I said, meditation. Meditation is the most important tool that you have. Now, again, there are different kinds of meditation. I'm not a big fan of emotional detachment meditation where people just kind of walk around with no desires and no wants, no needs. Uh, you know, my ego has helped me immensely create a lot of things. And there's a lot of people who have addiction issues or emotional trauma that that sort of separation of emotion from, you know, is good for them. But if you take your emotions as guides and you address them and not sweep them under the rug, uh, I, for me, that's more healthy. Uh, so I would say um, the most seminal, dangerous thing we face in all of our futures is not the virus. It's the fear that the virus generates. So whatever you have to do to not become afraid and to not feel like your power has been taken away by society or by Anthony Fauci or, 
or the government or whatever else. I'm not talking about being socially irresponsible, but I'm talking about not walking around in a state of fear and hopelessness and helplessness. And there's a lot of people who've lost their jobs. There's a lot of people who are struggling with businesses because of this. Uh, and I've seen it's an energetic thing. I promise you, it's all energy. I know somebody who's, uh, more than one person I'm sure you do, whose business is going to tank uh, just because. It's their energy. They're, they're fearful. They don't believe they have any power. Then I know somebody who launched right in the middle of COVID is kicking ass. Kicking ass. So that's energy. So keep your energy up. Believe in yourself. And do not succumb to fear. And then take your fish off. <laughs> that was great. Thanks, Dr. Dave. I do remember that moment where everybody's like, he's going to say fish oil. <laughs> but then, yeah, of course. But really, it's, it's about, I, I find my best meditations are either when I'm playing the drums, probably you feel the same with the music when you're in it, or when I'm watering the trees or the plants on a hot summer day out here. Do you, do you find that meditation doesn't have to be in the corner of the yoga room or in a special spot? You know, I'm so I'm still such a beginner at yoga that my body is still trying to figure out how to get in the shapes and 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 just to be able to release. Uh, you know, what uh, one thing that yoga was amazing at teaching me was how much tension I carry and how much that tension lim limits my flexibility. But um, I, I think the whole Zen thing for me is being in the moment. So uh, playing the guitar and playing music, I'm in the moment. I'm not worried about COVID. I'm not worried about back taxes. I'm not worried about you know, somebody who did me dirty or treated me poorly, I'm playing music. Uh, my airplanes, you know, the radio-controlled airplanes, I'm controlling essentially, a, 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 you know, a six or seven-pound missile uh, half a mile away going 60 miles an hour. I don't have time to worry about what Anthony Fauci said or Trump said or anybody said. That thing's going to be confetti if I don't pay attention to it. So I find, for me personally, those kinds of things are meditative. And they make me happy. I enjoy them. I'm stimulated by them. I often come out of it in a more creative state. And there are other things too. Learning is one of them as well. Gardening. You know, I just started gardening this year. All uh, right. Woo! Then, so I've got elderberry, aronia, and uh, raspberry, uh, grow and strawberries all growing in my garden. I've got a bunch of other herbs. Uh, I've got, you know, uh, angelica. Uh, and, and I've got, uh, you know, and that's sort of tying into the essential hours, uh, oils. I've got some beautiful um, helichrysum flowers. And there's not going to make any oil out of them. You need tons of it. But just the whole thing of, of gardening is just so fabulous uh, for being in the moment and, and interacting with Mother Earth and the plants. As I said, I'm building a yoga deck, an exercise deck. You know, I'm not a deck builder, but I am now. So, you know, th there you go. Uh, it's hard to, you know, you got an 80-pound piece of lumber and you're cutting it with a 12-inch saber saw and your hands are, in, are close to this. It's got to be precise or your deck's going to be off. You, know, you can't worry about all that other stuff. So, uh, and of course, doing none of that am I afraid. You know what I mean? There's, there's no fear there. I'm generally a pretty fearless person, thank God. But, uh, but I see this, uh, I just watch people this disintegrate under the, the stress of fear. So, um, you know, whether it's uh, taking care of your kids or building a deck, whatever it is, uh, be creative. And you see more of this. People are being more creative now than ever, which is yes. the good of this. You know, how about you? 
Well, you know, I was, I, I got to take you to a spot. I took, I took Robin there yesterday and this is a spot in the forest that it's a really steep cliff and it's, it's, a, it's almost bald faced because it's so steep, no trees can grow there. And it's a lot of, a lot of peat moss, but when you're standing at the top of it, it's really a cool ski run. Cause you know, this place used to be an old ski resort, but what, what really gets caught up in there when, once the peat moss builds up and, and the plants can actually get going, not trees, but raspberries. So I've been concentrating so much in my garden on growing berries and aronias and all this other stuff that you mentioned. And I thought, Oh my God, I, I hadn't, we, you and I've never gone to this spot. There were so many wild raspberries. There was millions. It was millions of wild raspberries yesterday on, in this spot. So I'm going to take you over there and we're going to awesome. gorge on wild food so we can get the magic, right? There's nothing more powerful than wild berries for a human being. What, I think. what grounds you more? What, what has, you know, from the health properties um, and, you know, again, walking in nature, just being out and allowing yourself instead of being in, be out, absorb, be out. Because it, it's so tragic to watch people spend their lives miserable, unhappy, stressed. Uh, and there's just all this natural beauty all around you. I mean, all around you. So 20, 30 minutes a day is doctor's prescription for at any time of the year. But I love going out in the winter, fall, whatever. Uh, so I love coming up to your place because the terrain and geography is different. And you're so detailed about knowing the plants. And, and you know, it's, it's just, again, the encyclopedia opens up. We find mushrooms. Do you remember those morels? Oh, my God. Oh. I mean, that was that was incredible. I mean, it was like, are you kidding me? And they were like, what, twenty feet from your house or something like that? Yeah, right up. I mean, it was unbelievable. Well, we yesterday as we came back from the raspberries, we were cutting through a hemlock forest, and you know, we've got the suge hemlock. You know, it's a type of conifer. Sure. And there was one that was broken down. It was like really striking, like little area, and boom! All of a sudden, Robin goes, look. And there were chanterelles, lots of them. We had that for dinner last night. So that was it. I mean, we've we've got a tremendous mushroom assortment here, but I can't wait for you to get here again because there's so much this year in particular because we're so tuned in because I've been here straight. You know, this is the longest stretch I've been in one place in 26 years. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, just to add about the berries. So I have wild black raspberries growing in my garden that I've now cultivated and the, the uh, the so-called wineberry. These are brambles. These are not requiring um, a whole lot of work. They don't require, I mean, you know, they can survive pretty much. Without anything, the farmer's fence. Anything that's got spines and thorns is a survivor. So you can cut one of those things, stick it in the dirt, and as long as there's not a drought, it's going to grow. So I've got, I've got the brambles and, and you know, uh, the, the wineberries and the black raspberries, wild black raspberries. And I'm just the, the very nature of those plants as natural survivors and providers of incredible antioxidants and ORAC value and all that other stuff. It's just, I don't know, uh, you know, um, it's magical. You know, the earth is a magical place if you honor it. Well said. Well said, Dr. Dave. Thanks so much for joining us. I'll make sure that all your details are down below or above this video. Thanks, everybody, for being part of the Immunity Summit. Signing off from Ontario, Canada, Dr. Dave from his home in Pennsylvania. We're sending you lots of love. And in spite of all the insanity, have the best day ever. Uh -huh.